Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Hope you've had a uh, happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the holidays. I'd like to uh, get an opportunity to see how many of us are still full from uh, Thanksgiving. There's a couple. Amen. Honest people. So, just go a little higher. There you go. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with the Northeast. Uh, very encouraged uh, to spend some time uh, with the body. Um, a lot to say. Uh, probably just start off with uh, how grateful. Uh, Patty and I are to, to be able to come and spend time with you and certainly uh, the whole church, but Derek and Leanne and the elders, uh, the leaders in the Northwest region, how grateful I am personally uh, to have uh, Derek and Leanne a part of this ministry and their friendship and hard work. Uh, I can't say over and over and over again uh, over the years uh, how they and we together have lifted up each other's hands and arms uh, over the course of all the difficult things that we've gone through. So I'm very grateful. And many of us in this room uh, have very close relationships, not only um, with each other, but different parts of the church. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, 2017, uh, early January at our congregational service. But at the end of the day, uh, the Dallas church is happy, it's growing, it's doing well. And you have a very united staff, and probably more importantly, you have a very united eldership. And I'm very grateful for Bill and Walt and their hard work and their love for the body. And they are two of the six elders that we have. And God willing, we'll have more elders uh, this next year. We'll see. Um, elders are fun to have. And uh, they're uh, insightful and they say a lot uh, that penetrates the heart. So I'm grateful for uh, Ben and Walt and their friendship. Uh, Luke chapter 2. There's a, there's a, there's a short scripture and uh, it's the angels, the hosts, and they say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom He is pleased. And it's a phenomenal scripture, it's a phenomenal point. We're going to focus on this scripture, but uh, in 2012, there's a, a group called Casting Crowns that, that took a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that was written back, uh, back in 1863, and they took that and they put music to it. And we're going to listen to it here in a second. But before we listen to the song, I want to put it in context. Okay. Time of the Civil War. Longfellow wife just passed away. She was wearing a dress at home. The dress caught on fire. Uh, she had severe burns. Uh, died a couple days later. Uh, Longsfellow tried to put the flames out, and if you ever see any pictures of him, he always has a beard. And the reason he has a beard is because he himself sustained incredible burns when he tried to put the flames out on his wife. His son, Charles, who he did not want to enlist in the Civil War, did so anyway because he felt it was his responsibility. And during the war, he was severely wounded and um, basically became a crippled. He, um, he did recover with being crippled, but literally the rest of his life he lived in such a way. And so Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was just having so much emotion, his wife, his son, the, uh, the war, and he wrote this song called Christmas Bells, and I'd like you to listen to it here. 
I'm not going to sing it. But I will if we have to.
In the original poem, Christmas Bells, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, you can feel the, the, the song reflects the, the author's despair. You know, upon hearing the Christmas bells during this season, knowing of the intense hate that mocks the blessing of peace on earth and goodwill to men. And in fact, when you go back and you look at the last stanza, it says, Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thunder in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the heart stones of a continent and may forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And if you know anything about the Civil War, over a half a million men and women died. Over almost two million were casualties. It'd be like every 16 of us were dead. Because of this war. And so you ask yourself, peace? Really? The chaos? The suffering? Look at our world, look at our own lives, you see the despair? Here this guy is struggling with personal tragedy and national catastrophe. And I'm not sure where you're at today, but I know when I look at the newspaper... When I turn on the news, when I read Time, or, or even Natural Geographic, I see despair and hurting people, sickness and death and war. Peace? Peace on this earth? And I, like Longfellow, struggle sometimes just to really consider what kind of peace do we really have. Well, we, I think what's important for us as disciples and those who want to be disciples is to go back to the birth narrative. And I want to look at more of the Luke chapter 2 scripture that we looked at. Let's pick it up in Luke chapter 2 in verse 9. And you know, Jesus is born. Jesus is in Bethlehem. He's in the manger. Joseph, Mary are there. And all of a sudden it says to the the shepherds in verse 9, it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to him, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth among those with Him He is pleased. You know, just kind of picture the scene for a second. You know, they're out in the middle of nowhere. And we have a lot of nowhere in Texas. So you're out somewhere out in nowhere. And it's dark. You got the stars, and you got these sheep, and the shepherds are tending them. And the shepherds weren't really thought of very highly. In fact, it was a pretty despicable job. And so you're in a job that you really don't want to be in, but you really don't have any other options. You're out in the middle of nowhere. It's dark. You hear the sheep, and all of a sudden, bam! It says an angel shows up. And with the glory of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but you look at Revelations. It says when Jesus comes back, it says the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. 
So I don't know what it's like, but I guarantee it that they were interrupted by a dazzling splendor of angel and all this glory of God. And the angel comes. And he says, I bring you. I bring you good news. Great joy. And it's for all people. I'm bringing something that everyone is going to appreciate. A Savior. A Savior is born. God's saving purpose. Giving us something that we all need. Because when we're lost, we need to be found. We all have been given Jesus as our Savior. And the heavenly host shows up. They start glorifying God, praising God. And they say, glory to God, peace. Peace to those to whom He is pleased. And then IV says, on who His favor rests. There's two things that the heavenly host focuses on. Glory to God. You need to think about glory. The word glory, doxa, in Greek. It means to think, to recognize, to glory. It's ascribing to Him full recognition. Externally, it's the conditions meaning dignity or splendor. Internally, it's talking about God's character, His glorious moral attributes, His excellence, His perfection. Basically, in the Bible, it refers to the recognition, honor, and renown belonging to God. You know, we don't give glory a lot in this nation. We don't like to give glory. You know, earlier this morning, I went to the Northwest service, and and we had like three or four people wearing um, Georgia shirts. They were glorying in Georgia winning. But I don't know about you, there's not a whole lot of things that I like to glory in. You know, I go to a football game, maybe the big screen at Texas Stadium can hold my attention for a few minutes. But I glorying food, glorying a sports team, glorying maybe my job. It's just, it's, it's so minimal. It's just, it doesn't do it for me. But see, the heavenly hosts are bringing glory to God. You know, in the book of Revelation, again, I made reference to in chapter 4 and verse 9. There's a great description about glory for God. And in verse 9 it says in Revelation chapter 4, And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor, and thanks to Him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 angels fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are You, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for You created all things and by Your will they existed and they created. Picture again the scene. It's like blow away. You know, in Revelation, you got the throne, you got God, you have the multitude, the seraphs, the angels, and they're all glorifying God. Can you imagine? What can captivate your mind for eternity? That's what, to me, heaven is. Can, Can anything on this earth, can you think of anything that you can do for eternity that will captivate your heart for eternity? No. I can't. 
It's not food. It's not sporting events. I love you, but after about maybe a thousand years, I'm going to get to know you really well. And you're not going to captivate me that much longer. But see, the glory of God can captivate you. The, the brilliance, the glory, the honor can literally leave us speechless. And that's what here in Revelation chapter 4 is trying to help us understand right now that there is something that can captivate us for eternity and that's the glory of God. But then you look at John chapter 1 in verse 14. And the word of the Lord or the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the father full of grace and truth. So we have the glory of Jesus. And for those of us who love to read, you dive in there and you read about Jesus and you understand how awesome Jesus is. And how much I want to be like Him. Because He's the Word in flesh. And because of Him, we can see God's glory and understand the Father, grace and truth. But then besides doxa, glory... The multitude host talks about peace. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. And this is the catcher. Because we look at the scripture and like, oh, peace of the word. Oh, you know, everyone's supposed to have peace. No, actually, it's just for those who who are pleased by him. Find his favor. That's who gets this peace. Arene. Peace. In a singular sense, it's the opposite of war, dissension. Among individuals, it's, it's peace and harmony. Figuratively, it's a peace of mind arising from a reconciliation with God and a sense of divine favor. But by implication, it's a state of mind. Tranquility. A state of peace. But you know the thing we're not talking about here is a lack of hardship, turmoil and suffering. But we're talking about peace in spite of those things. You know, probably the the best example I can use in my life is that, now Patty and I have been here now going on 21 years, and we moved here uh, 21 years ago from Chicago, and we got fired in Chicago. So, so you're being led by someone who got fired. (laughs) There's two types of people in this room, those who have been fired, and those who will be fired. (laughs) So... Getting fired is never a pleasant thing. It's bad. It's rough. It's harsh. You know, you just can't say, bro, I love you. You're awesome. Hey, take your check. When you walk out the door, you're no longer employed. And in fact, in the ministry, you both lose your job at the exact same time. Well, actually, Patty lost her job first. They looked at her first. They fired her. Then they looked at me and fired me. So you, you both lose your job. We have no money. Two young kids. Patty has her health problems. I'm a chiropractor. And I'm not going to go get a job as a chiropractic or a chiropractor. No money. It was hard. Couldn't find a job in Chicago. I came down here. I found a job in a few days. So I said, eh, God must want us in Texas. Patty's parents moved down about six months earlier. So we moved to Texas, and transition was tough. I mean, just the move and, and coming down emotionally, leaving the church there, because that was my family. Those were my friends. And I didn't want to leave Chicago. 
So we moved down here, and, and for a year or two, I had a job. I worked in the, the secular world, and, and I remember about a year into our move here, and you know, when you grieve, you know, grieving doesn't go away. It lasts for a period of time. I've lost three dads. Patty lost her dad. And you, you can, after years later, you can still think about missing your father, your mother, emotionally. Getting fired. Losing friends. And so, Nick Young was leading the church at that time. Started the church, led it for about ten years or so. And we had this seminar down at the Wyndham Hotel. Some of us remember that. And we had this golf outing. We're going to start a golf outing. And, you know, I like golf, so I was, you know, I'm on the golf outing group, whatever. So we go to a barbecue place, and, and we're there, we're having a meeting with Nick, and we're talking about the golf outing, and he's feeding us, which is great. And, and then he goes, Todd, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk to Nick, but Nick wanted to talk to me too. And so Nick gave me a ride back to the Wyndham Hotel. And so for like 20 minutes, just everything coming out. Just, just, I'm just sharing with them everything that's going on. And, and we parked the car in the window and, and we're walking in the hotel and, and we're sitting in the lobby and I'm just weeping. Just weeping. And you're at a conference and you're like walking by like, oh, hey Todd. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> You're not sure what to do, you know. There's Nick talking to Todd. That most people didn't know me, just weeping. Because it hurt. We suffered for years. And Nick looked at me. And he said the only thing he could have said. He said, peace, Todd. Peace. Peace. He didn't say, like, here, you know, here's some money. He didn't give me a big bear hug. He didn't say, oh, God's in control, Todd. He didn't give me platitudes. He... Peace. Peace, Todd. That's all. What else can you say? You know, in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, peace, I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. Do I give you to you? Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And a little bit later in chapter 16, verse 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, Father, I trust you. Father, I'm going to do it. I'm willing to do it your way. I'll focus on you and not the trouble, the tribulation, the hardship around me. Peace. And so you have this scripture. The angel, I bring you good news. The heavenly host shows up and they're praising God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. You know, what do you do with that? No, seriously, what do you do with that? The angels came. We know the angels came and, you know, they appeared. 
And the angel said, man, I'm bringing you something here. I'm bringing you good news. Some great joy to all people. This is what I'm bringing you is for everybody. Do you know it would be really boring if this was only for guys with big heads? A lot of you wouldn't make it. A lot of you are like size 7 or maybe size 7.5. But if you're not 7 and 7 eighths, you're not in. This, this piece isn't for you. But it's for all people. Let's look back at the birth narrative again. Luke chapter 2, in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had made known to us. And when they went with haste, And then they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God with all they heard and seen as it had been told them. We, we see the angels. We see the angel and the angel came. He says, I'm bringing you good news. It's great joy. It's for everybody. And the shepherds, they went. And they made known. And they glorified. And see, I'm here now and I, I look at this text and I see that the angel did his part. I see the shepherds doing their part. But see, are we doing our part? No, no, no. you got to let that sink in for a second. Are we doing our part? You know, you just think of the Civil War. You know, perhaps if a few more people shared more intensely and eagerly, maybe there wouldn't have been slavery. Maybe there wouldn't have been a civil war. Because more people were engaged at doing their part because then more people listened, more hearts were changed, and then a half a million people didn't have to die. What, What catastrophe can we stop? What chaos can we stop in Dallas? Because we did our part and someone's hearts changed. And there was one less divorce, one last child abuse, one last cheating or lying or drunk driving or overdose, one last racist statement, one last hatred, one last child abandoned, one more marriage saved. What? What? Do we do our part? Does the world, does our world still not need peace? Do we not have neighbors, co-workers, and family members that need this peace? Just imagine this. God in His favor. You know, if you're like, uh, 
you know, what is that, Dragon Ball Z, you kind of know what this move is, you know. And, and so, you know, you just, you just get this, okay, I'm going to send them this, this gift of peace. It's for everybody. And the angel gets to take this, and the angel gets to go down and share this with everybody. And everybody is blown away by how awesome it is. And the shepherds, oh, my job is killing me. These stinky sheep, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and I'm, a, I'm at a dead-end job. And all of a sudden, the heavenly hosts, and then they go. And they make known, and they share, and they glorify. Because, see, they get this peace. They understand how exciting it is. Do we do our part? You know, this is a time of year. This is a time of year that anybody can share their faith. This is a time of year that everybody can have someone into their home. This is a time of year that you can show up at other people's party uninvited and you're still welcome. <laughs> oh, hey! Yeah, great. Thanks for coming. Who are you? I'm bringing peace. <laughs> Campus, teens, married, singles. Are we doing our part? You know, you can get overwhelmed by what needs to be done. But see, I don't think God wants us to do that. I think He wants His church happy, glorifying God, excited about this message that we get to take to a hurting world. And look for opportunities to share, just like the angel, the heavenly hosts, and the shepherds got to share. I hope this afternoon... We don't have to be inundated by the Cowboys or NFL football or whatever that might take our our, our attraction away from what's really important. And understand that we have something that this dying world needs desperately. I pray that every time we hear this song, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, we'll, we'll feel that sense of despair. But instead of being faithless, we'll understand and appreciate how this peace can change all hearts, glorifying God in our lives. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Father God, we come to you now this time humbled and grateful for this opportunity to worship you. God, thank you for these men and women in the Northeast region. And God, how this part of the DFW church is making a difference in a lost world. God, we pray for all parts of this church. God, bless it. Open up our hearts. Open up our minds. Father, open up doors that we can walk through to bring this peace to this world. God, help us to glorify you and the people that we reach. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.